1: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
2: Welcome, everyone, to another new episode of ESL Talk.
3: In this episode, we'll look at the very important topic of mental health and well-being for teachers.
2: And we are your hosts, Faye.
3: And Daniel. We're joined today by our very special guest, Dawn, who is a nutritional consultant and wellness coach, and she works with lots of English teachers teachers. From all around the world.
2: Yeah, I'm really glad we have a chance to finally tackle this important topic. Interestingly, I'm actually sick right now. And I think it's going to be really uh, a really good time to talk about this topic how us teachers often neglect our mental and well, mental health and well being. So these are factors that we all, I think, are guilty of uh, neglecting sometimes.
3: Yeah, definitely. And we'll, we'll get into it um, quite a bit later as well with Dawn. She's going to talk about that um, in quite some detail. But mm-hmm. let's talk a little about this topic first before we speak to Dawn. Um, so, Faye, tell me what you think about mental health. So, um, as teachers, what are some of the elements of our work that can cause us stress and anxiety?
2: I mean, I feel like as, as teachers, there, there's a lot that we need to plan ahead And we are constantly in that state of mind of planning ahead and thinking ahead, which can cause a lot of anxiety, right? And we've talked about how a lot of us are perfectionists and like to have control of things. Mm. And I think that this can be very challenging, especially when you come into a classroom and things don't go as planned. Or let's say you have issues with technology, or you plan a lesson for 10 students, but then There's a snowstorm and only three show up. And, you know, Mm -hmm. there's like all these things that are outside of our control, um, which can be quite frustrating and stress-inducing. And just this anxiety towards knowing what's going to happen and planning out all the scenarios and, of course, all the pressure we have from the students and ourselves to help them reach their goals i think can yeah. cause a lot of anxiety what do you think i
3: think so yeah for me it's about that never ending to do list you know we mm-hmm. all have our, our to do lists and i kind of work on a, what what needs to be done now what can mm-hmm. be done later and what can be done much later um but for me i find that that never ending that list is never ending and you know, I might think, oh, I only have four things to do today, but then something else will pop up or something else will arrive or, you know, yeah, grading, I, I set aside two or three hours for grading. It takes seven or eight hours. I mean, yeah. you know, even when we have holidays, we think, oh, I'll just, I'll just do a couple hours and it turns yeah. into six or seven. And and that's generally, I think causes stress and anxiety. And maybe we're not aware of it. You know, I'm, I'm very fortunate that in my situation, I don't ever stop and think, Oh, I'm stressed. But Mm -hmm. I think subconsciously, there's a lot of factors, like you said, the, the uncontrollables and the what ifs when they happen, Mm -hmm. that really starts to cause us a lot of stress and anxiety. Um, so in terms of dealing with these kind of issues that crop up, Faye, what strategies, what techniques do you have for helping to keep you relaxed during a, a busy day?
2: I I mean, I think it's important, like I said, like working with priorities. I think it's I I try to once my day starts, I try to just um, always look at the next thing to do Mm -hmm. rather than all the things I need to do. And that goes for a lesson as well. Um, When I'm teaching a lesson, I always go with what's the next step. So I'm always one step ahead instead of um, looking at, oh, my God, we need to get to this final exercise. Like, don't worry about it so much, but just. Uh, take the lesson and take the day step by step, um, mm-hmm. looking a bit ahead, but not too much. I think that, that I find that that really helps me with that aspect of anxiety and also finding times here and there. We, we, we often when you're teaching, you have little breaks, right? Like you have mm-hmm. a break in between lessons and it's so easy to just fall into the teacher mode again and be like, I'm going to plan for tomorrow or I'm going to plan for this evening's lesson. And I, I found that was stressing me out a lot. And I started making the point of just some of those breaks were for me. So I'll go for a walk or I'll go grab a coffee mm-hmm. and just taking care of myself and just checking out a little bit from work um, yeah. for a little bit, right?
3: I think so. I think that's really important. And taking that time and recognizing I need just some me time to kind of switch off my brain and mm-hmm. kind of get myself away from my computer or my desk or my office. I think that's very, very important and should not be kind of undervalued. And, mm-hmm. you know, I I'm nowadays, for example, I, I make a point of taking two hours in the morning to. You know, do laundry, clean the house, take my Mm -hmm. dog for a walk, whatever it might be. Um, And that really helps me to kind of get focused. And then by the time I go back to my computer, I'm kind of ready to go um, with the next part of the day.
2: Is there anything you do to help your students improve their mental health?
3: Yeah, students is a little bit more difficult um, because we can't really dictate to our students what they have to do. Um, But a lot of times I do, you know, when I do speak to students and we kind of just touch base on, you know, how is your weekend? How are things going? You know, how are your studies going? generally I will say to them, you know, please do take time for yourself. Or sometimes Uh. students might feel really, you know, um, worried because they say, oh, Daniel, I didn't do my homework or Mm. it's not finished or I rushed it. And I say, that's fine. You know, it's life, Mm. things come up. I know you didn't intend to rush it or not do it. Um, You know, if you're serious about your studies, you wouldn't do that. So I think recognizing those things and, and kind of showing your students that, you know, they are human and so are you. I think that's a really powerful way to help them improve their mental health. Um, How about in your experience, Faye? What have you come across?
2: Yeah, I find that um, it is common for us to get, especially when you're working with international students who are living abroad. So when I used to teach um, at the college or at at an international school, you'd get these students and they're dealing with so much outside the classroom. Like maybe it's their first time abroad. Maybe they're at uh, like a student house with like, roommates that they don't get along with or they're at, uh, they're staying at someone's house and maybe it's not what they expected and the food and there's just so much for them to deal with and I found that it was uh, helpful to just acknowledge all that as well mm-hmm. just not not take that posture of just like, well, that's your problem. You deal with it outside the classroom. Just always have the time in class to let students talk a little bit about those issues they're having or share mm-hmm. and acknowledging and and showing them that they're not the only ones mm-hmm. dealing with it. So like making sure everybody shared the same or a similar situation. and and I think that that yeah. really helped. Mm-hmm. I think
3: that's really true. and And having groups of students and giving them the time to just kind of talk through things can be really yeah. powerful and building that community, which mm-hmm. can be difficult. Um, for sure. But I I think as well, you know, what, what also comes into this is maybe nutrition and, you know, new diet and new kind of lifestyles as well for a lot of students. So Mm -hmm. how important is nutrition and and what to eat when it comes to being productive and and healthy, both, both physically and mentally, probably quite different for you Mm -hmm. uh, with a young baby, but what have you found (laughs) that works well?
2: Yeah, so I'm thinking pre baby, because right now, uh, and and I mean, I've, I've been getting sick quite often, because probably because of this, because I'm not taking care of my nutrition that well, um, not as well as I used to before I had a baby. But um, I do, I did always notice a difference, like the days that I, let's say, couldn't cook or a period of time when I was just eating a lot of takeout or fast food and things like that, my energy was really low and I just felt crappy. You'd eat, but you didn't really feel satiated and you didn't really Mm -hmm. feel energized, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I was, uh, a few years ago, I started um, just kind of changing my dietary habits completely, not going on a diet, but just re-educating myself. Um, and started cooking more and looking for healthier options, reading labels of things, you know, and that made a huge difference for me in terms of energy. And this, like meal planning on taking the Sunday to prepare what I'm going to bring to work. Like what am I going to bring or which days am I going to get takeout at, at, at school or at the college, you know, just kind of looking at that as part of my lesson planning, almost like preparing for my week of teaching. Yeah. What do I need for myself? Right. Absolutely. Um, so that I find that that really helps.
3: Yeah, I think so. Um, and, and what else I'd add to that as well is, is just thinking about, you know, if I were a student, you know, would this work for me? So a lot of times, you know, mm-hmm. we find our students sometimes are tired or they don't have energy or maybe they're, they're not responding well or they're not kind of performing to their best and kind of putting yourself in their shoes and thinking, if I was in their position, what could I do to help me to be a better better teacher? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think one thing that I found works well for me is kind of not eating a lot in the morning and just slowly building up. Mm -hmm. That that seems to work in terms of energy. And then obviously being active in the morning as well makes a really huge difference too.
2: These are all great points. Um, But I think our guest Dawn will be able to add a lot more to this important topic.
3: Hello Dawn, welcome to ESL Talk.
4: Hi Dan, thanks for having me. Um, yeah. I love what you guys are doing with resources for teachers. Yeah, we really appreciate you joining us today
2: actually to help highlight the importance of mental health, nutrition, and well-being. Um, ironically, I'm actually not at top health right now, so <laughs> I'm really excited to hear what you're going to have to say today and, um, and hear your tips on how we can all stay um, healthy.
4: <laughs> Absolutely. I think well-being and health is really overlooked when it comes to teachers and teaching is one of the most stressful jobs and one of um the most important jobs so I think it's extra important to keep our teachers healthy and and feeling good
3: exactly I couldn't agree more so um, first of all Dawn can you just tell us a little about your journey as a teacher and how this kind of led you to where you are today
4: Absolutely. So, um, I actually moved to South Korea in 2012 to teach English as a second language to elementary students. And, um, yeah, it was really fun and really draining at the same time. And, um, since my whole environment changed, you know, moving to an entirely new country, I started to experience some health problems at the same time that I was adjusting to life as a teacher, and so, um, you know, I started having digestive issues and some weight gain, and then I was really tired all the time, and. Um, started to experience some body pain and things just kind of snowballed over time to the point where I was also experiencing depression, anxiety, insomnia, irregularities in my menstrual cycle, and just not feeling my best, like feeling really crappy all the time, to be honest. (laughs) So I, um, I sought medical advice over there and, um, I, you know, I'm luck I was lucky because the national healthcare system is is pretty good in South Korea compared to my home country in the United States. It's, you know, expensive. Um, but I was able to see like one of the top doctors in Seoul National University Hospital for endocrinology and and um and for autoimmunity and get some tests done. But the best they could come up with was a diagnosis for fibromyalgia, which is like a chronic pain and fatigue um, syndrome sort of thing. Um, And there's no real treatment or cure for it besides pain medications. And for me, that was not a road I wanted to go down. Um, I just didn't see a light at the end of that tunnel. So I um, thought there must be an alternative way to support myself through holistic lifestyle and nutrition. Um, so, you know, I saw a few different doctors and my labs kept coming back pretty normal. And, you know, I told them I'm not feeling well, like, what can I do to feel better? And they just said nothing, you know, just come back in three months and get your labs done again. And I was like, really, like, can't I change the way I eat? Can I take a supplement? Is there anything I could do? And they're like, no, just come back. You're getting older. So it's just normal. <laughs> and at that time, I was 31. So I should have wow. been in the prime of my life, right? And mm-hmm. um, that was kind of <laughs> a rock bottom moment, kind of a wake up call for me to realize that nobody was going to just help me. Um, you know, if if I was going to get better, it was going to be up to me and my research and my effort. And so, I mean, (laughs) you can, you're sick right now, Faye, and you're struggling to just parent, but imagine having to like, be a detective at the same time and figure out what's wrong with you while you're feeling crappy and teaching full time. Mm -hmm. That's what I was doing, but I was super motivated. And so I had a bullet journal. I read lots of books, listened to podcasts uh, by doctors and, you know, um, by biologists. And, um, I took, I took supplements and took lots of notes on what I was experiencing and tracked my progress. And I got a health coach. I got a life coach. Um, and over time, maybe about a period of six months, I started to feel a lot better and lost, Mm -hmm. you know, half of the weight that I had gained and I was sleeping again. And, my mental health was improving. My menstrual cycle was improving. And I thought, wow, this stuff really works and it's powerful. And Mm -hmm. why is, why don't we have these resources accessible to us, um, in general, but also specifically in Korea, especially like this idea of moving to a new country and being Mm -hmm. in a totally new environment with new food. Like, why wouldn't anyone warn you that like your health could change? Mm -hmm. Um, so, Um, It felt like a miracle to me that I was feeling better, and um, I noticed that a lot of other people in some of these online forums in our community in Korea were complaining and and struggling with similar issues and having a hard time finding resources as well. Meanwhile, I had been through this whole journey and found things that worked, and I was super passionate about Mm -hmm. it. So, I realized that um, this was an area I wanted to pursue. So, mm-hmm. I decided to pursue a certification in nutritional therapy um, so that I could then do consulting for other expats who are struggling with their health. Um, mm-hmm. And so, I did that. It was a nine month program, it was mostly online, but we had an in person component. And then, I immediately started seeing clients and haven't looked back since.
2: Wow, that's amazing. It's quite the journey. Um, And it's nice because it started from your own personal experience. So you can definitely um, sympathize with people uh, in that um, situation. Now, when you were building your business, um, how did you settle on the name Nourished Abroad? Because that's that's I really like the name has a really good ring to it. But how does this represent your own story, your message? How did you think that that would be a good name?
4: Yeah, well, for me, it represents a sense that even in an unfamiliar environment, when you move abroad, you can learn how to nourish yourself with basic resources like food and lifestyle. Like we have these resources available to us wherever we go. So even if we don't have the support we're used to having, like, you know, naturopathic doctors or nutritionists or services in our own language, we can learn What our bodies need and be able to serve them wherever we are in the world. So that's what Nourished Abroad means to me. Um, But I am transitioning my name, um, my website. My business name is actually Dawn Wheeler, NTP, Nutritional Therapy Practitioner. And um, my new tagline is Nourish to Awaken, um, just to represent more broadly something interesting has happened through my journey and through the journeys of a lot of my clients. I noticed this phenomenon where... Um, when you provide the body and mind with deep nourishment that we need um we gain that sense of clarity and confidence and vitality and um, it makes all of life a lot more illuminated and meaningful so that is why i'm sort of transitioning the name um, to my certification and the tagline nourish to awaken
3: wonderful it's really cool and again you know this kind of connects to what I want to say next but even myself and a lot of my peers at that time you know we were fairly young and we we kind of we didn't know what we didn't know if that makes sense at the time so um, it's really eye-opening so why do you think many of us as teachers why do you think we neglect our own mental health and and well-being and and how does nutrition link to this because I think they're very much connected right
4: Well, I think you bring up a really good point that we don't know what we don't know. And if we're not taught this stuff as young children are in the dominant culture, then we're just not going to know how to take care of ourselves. And unfortunately, I don't think we are taught to nourish ourselves. There is an emphasis, at least in Western culture, on... um, you know, meeting expectations and nourishing everyone around us. Um, But we don't really see like our parents, for instance, nurturing themselves, um, or taking that time because they're really so invested in their children. Um, So if they're not modeling that, then we're not learning that. And I also think that with the emphasis on um, processed and commercial foods, you know, we live in a capitalistic society. So we see all these messages all around us on what to buy and what to eat and what's delicious. And, and then it's, um, it is perpetuated in our culture, you know, we go to birthday parties and now we have to have, you know, cupcakes and, you know, Halloween, we got to have Snickers for trick-or-treating. And, and so these things become very emotionally attached um, to us in our culture. And um, I think we've lost some body wisdom um, over the generations that maybe our like great grandparents would have had. Um, Maybe they would have had a victory garden or um, maybe they would have done more home cooked meals and had a better sense of you Know what their bodies need and how our bodies are actually connected to nature at large. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're just not taught it. And um, I think that um nutrition is so fundamental to our well-being and our performance. I think another um reason that we neglect our, our health is um as a defense mechanism against anxiety. So we all have so much to do in our lives. We're all uh, very distracted and anxious about our to-do list. And we just, I don't know about you, but personally, I think I tell myself, oh, well, I can relax when I get X, Y, Z done. Mm -hmm. But um, by the time you get X, Y, and Z done, now you have A, B, C also. So it never ends, the list never ends. And so if you're not prioritizing your self-care, it doesn't get done. and so. In a way, it's an effort to take care of ourselves because we're trying to remove that source of anxiety. But um, in the end, it doesn't really work out that way, and you really do have to put yourself first if you want it to happen. So I think that's another pitfall that a lot of teachers um, experience when it comes to health and well-being.
2: Yeah, it makes total sense too because it, I mean it resonates a lot with me now as a parent and and as teachers we often. F- take on that role almost Mm -hmm. of parenting our our students right and uh, putting their needs um, in front of everything else and just making sure that the lesson is planned the assignments are marked you know everything is done and then we can uh, look after ourselves but Mm. I I find that also a, a good lesson in that COVID has taught us now is that if you have any flu-like symptoms or anything like that, then you stay home and people want you to stay home. Whereas in the past, we would always power through those symptoms and those feelings, right? And like, oh, but I have to teach. I can't let my students down. So I think that that's a plus side to to the pandemic at least. But yeah, Yeah. it definitely makes sense what you just said.
3: I I think that kind of ties into all these other roles and responsibilities we have as teachers as well, because we're not just there to teach. We're kind of there as, you know, role models in some ways or maybe you know it's kind of kind of a a, someone they can confide in um, students can talk to and talk about their problems and you know i've noticed more and more by no means am i a counselor or you know um, a psychologist at all but i do have to remind students sometimes to think about their own kind of their workload and their well-being so dawn i wanted to ask you how how can we start to identify and help our students to improve their own mental health well-being and and nutritional choices even
4: well i think the very first thing we can do is model that behavior Mm -hmm. um, because I think that example is so so much more powerful than anything that you can teach or say to your students especially if they're young children I just remember when I was going through like my health transformation experience um all of a sudden I couldn't eat in the cafeteria with my students anymore I would bring my own salad um, to eat at lunch and that was kind of a faux pas in Korean culture like not Mm -hmm. eating with everyone else so the students had a lot of questions for me and were always asking me if I was on a diet and this was a tricky thing to navigate um you know with the language barrier and trying not to perpetuate diet culture but it got their attention and you know They would also observe that I rode my bike to school every day. So these kind of things, I think, can make an impact on students, especially if you're there in a supportive role to them and you've already gained that trust and they're trying to emulate you. So I think that's one way that you can help your students out. Um, but for older students, I think it's definitely worthwhile to make health and well-being a topic of discussion and integrating it into your lesson plans. And who knows, maybe that will have a really big impact on your student for um, the rest of their life and the way that they mm-hmm. think about um, their priorities and their, and maintaining their health.
2: Yeah, that's true. That's a very um, easy way to at least start the conversation. Now, what are some other, let's say, easy fixes for teachers that want to start to improve their mental health and physical health? Let's say, how can we maybe start doing something at the end of a long and stressful day? What are some things that teachers can start to uh, make a habit?
4: Well, um, over the period of time that I've been doing consulting, I've kind of narrowed um, lifestyle changes down to four categories and I call them the four elements of nourishment so we have nourishing consumption nourishing cycles nourishing conditioning and nourishing connection so I would encourage teachers to look at these four areas and just find one simple tweak to their lifestyle in each category which I think will create a lot of balance in their life. So for example, nourishing consumption, that's what you take into yourself. And I'm not just talking about food, but it certainly includes food, but it also includes like the personal care products that you use or um, the media that you're exposed to TV shows, podcasts, movies. Um, So these kind of things. And then nourishing cycles is the rhythm that you're Um, participating in activities throughout the day, the week, the year. Um, So something as simple as managing the light that you're exposed to throughout the day, making sure you're exposed to sunlight in the earlier part of the day, and then changing all your light bulbs in your house to the yellow, um, the, the lower light, yellow lights in the evening, and making sure to use blue light filters in all of your devices. This can make a huge difference in your sleep and um, actually mental health and levels of anxiety. So that's an example of nourishing cycles. Another would be, you know, having periods of not eating versus eating around the clock. So stopping your consumption of food after dinner, at least three hours before bedtime and giving your stomach and your system a break. So times that you're eating and times that you're not eating, having that cycle throughout the day, or, you know, making sure that you go to bed at the same time every day and wake up in the morning at the same time, every day, giving your body that sense of consistency, which creates safety in the body. It can rely on that habit and that cycle um and then nourishing conditioning would be any kind of healthy stress. So exercise for hot and cold exposure. So over in Korea, we have gym jobongs, which are bath houses, and we've got saunas and then ice baths. And this is a very traditional method of exposing your body to good stress that um, actually activates certain like cleaning mechanisms and um detoxification pathways in the body and exercise does the same thing. And fasting does the same thing. So nourishing conditioning, you should definitely, Uh, be cautious with it and make sure that you're in good health to practice some of these things. And then um, nourishing connection is the fourth one. And that uh, is as simple as spending 15 minutes in nature and just allowing yourself to connect with the environment or giving an extra long hug to a loved one and activating that oxytocin response that makes you feel good or writing in your journal every evening and connecting to yourself. So if you could just pick one thing from every Category, you're well on your way to feeling a lot more balanced. So, for example, you could pack your salad lunch every day, that's nourishing consumption. You can, you know, change all the lights in your house to the yellow lights so you're not exposed to blue light at night, that's nourishing cycles. You could go on a walk to work every day, that's nourishing conditioning, and then you can um, spend you know, 15 minutes a day writing in your journal at night, that's nourishing connection. Um, And I feel like those small habits aren't too hard to implement, but they can make a big difference.
3: Wow, that's I've really learned a lot from listening to that. And it sounds so simple when you when you kind of break it down like that. And these are some things that even I think myself and everyone could could follow. um, For sure. This is really, really interesting. Thank you for sharing. So how can we then as teachers start to assess our health status and make positive changes or break bad dietary habits?
4: Well, it sounds like you're already um, investing in nourishing cycles. So well done on that. <laughs> I think that it's really important to, to get down to the heart of the matter and mm-hmm. your so- source of motivation for changing your habits before you even start trying to change your habits. You need We need to know the why. Why are you trying to change your habits? So you could start by by asking yourself the question, if nothing was holding me back, what would I love to do that I'm not doing now? And you might have a bunch of excuses for why you're not doing those things. And mm-hmm. those excuses might be related to your health and well being. So, for example, maybe you want to coach soccer after school, but you get out of breath when you're running. Or maybe you're not starting your ESL YouTube channel because you're insecure about your weight. Or maybe you're not volunteering because you're so exhausted all the time. So um, these kind of barriers are good motivations for um, starting to change your habits. And if you can identify how your values and goals are being held back by your health, then your motivation for changing your lifestyle will be a lot easier Um, to stick to a plan. And I also recommend speaking to a professional and getting support from someone who can give um, an evaluation and give you some perspective on what it feels like to actually be healthy. Because um, I keep going back to this point you made, you don't know what you don't know. And I find with a lot of my clients, they don't even know how crappy they feel. Mm -hmm. They don't know until they start working with me and they go through my two week detox challenge. And by the end of it, they're like, wow, I have so much energy. I had no idea this was even possible. I just Mm -hmm. thought that the way I was feeling was normal. And so a lot of times um, it can be difficult on your own to, to assess your health status because you don't even know what healthy looks like. And unfortunately with, the rates of obesity and chronic illness in our culture um we don't have a lot of shining examples around us in our social circles either of mm-hmm. what it feels like to be healthy you know all of our friends and family are also tired and run down so <laughs> it looks like normal to us um, but just because it's common doesn't mean it's normal so i definitely recommend mm-hmm. speaking to a professional and getting some support that way
2: yeah that's a great point um, And uh, I know that your work involves working more closely, uh, specifically with expat women to empower them. And why do you feel this is an important cause to support?
4: Um, Well, it's an important cause to me personally, because I'm an expat woman. And I just felt like there wasn't a resource for me as a woman living abroad when it comes to my health. And I also feel that women of my generation and generations prior, maybe it's getting better for future generations, but we have been socialized to be disempowered, especially in the medical care system. Mm -hmm. So like when we, when it comes to health, we've been taught not to trust what we know about our bodies and take our doctors at their word. And usually these doctors are men who, you know, however good their intentions are, don't have experience in female bodies. Um, so yeah, we're taught to just take what they say um, and, and trust it. Meanwhile, um, they're not gonna diagnose you or treat you until you have a diagnosable disease mm-hmm. via their labs. But what about leading up to that diagnosis? There must be warning signs along the way, right? Mm-hmm. And we, as women living in our own bodies, we notice those warning signs and we can do something about it to stop the progression of the disease in its track along the way. Um, And so I think it's really important to empower women to recognize those signs and to take control of their own health while also seeking medical support. And um, I think this idea of trusting our gut spills over into so many other areas of our lives as women, because Um, if we can trust our gut with our own health, our own body, then we can trust our gut in our jobs, in our business, in our parenting. And we have so much to contribute to culture as women, but we're often held back by self-doubt or by um, people who are telling us that we don't know what we're talking about. So I think to empower women in their health is so fundamental to empower women, empowering women overall in our culture and kind of um bringing them to the table you
2: know yeah absolutely that makes a lot of sense Mm -hmm.
3: so dawn tell me what is one piece of advice that you'd give to maybe new teachers um, to help them maintain strong mental health and well-being because as new teachers or even experienced teachers you know we're constantly having to push ourselves maybe mentally and you know work long days and grading i know that's that's a bane of my existence so um, what piece of advice would you share dawn in this case
4: Well, I think I would say that if you don't go into it with intentions um, that you've set, then your life is going to be ruled just by happenstance and chance and, and the forces that are all around you. So I would advise them to ask themselves how they want to feel in their jobs and what kind of support and resources are they going to need in order to feel that way. So if they want to feel energetic... They need to look at what they're eating if they want to feel empowered well maybe they need to set a fitness goal because that's very empowering to be able to work towards and, and complete fitness goal, and that um, empowerment can spill over into their teaching um if you want to think clearly and have a sharp mind you definitely need to look at nutrition and mindfulness practices if you want to calm your anxiety and have a sense of peace and calm through all the chaos Then you need to look at what kind of media you're consuming or your mindfulness habits so really get clear on how you want to feel in your life and how you want to perform throughout the day and then that will lead you to the habits that will best serve you Um, and then you know once you identify those habits you can create daily and weekly routines and um, for example i have a weekly meal planning routine and I have a morning routine. And both of those things help me to perform my best in my business and in my life, Um, but everyone is different. So um, I think that's the beauty of it. We can identify these things in our lives that are important to us, and then they can manifest in many different ways depending on what um, each person needs.
3: Mm -hmm. Wow, it sounds so simple when you lay it out like that, but it really does make sense. So yeah, thank you.
2: Yeah. Good, clear action points. So how can um, our listeners get in touch with you if they want more information on that or or, uh, on the services that you offer your clients?
4: Yeah. So you can reach out to me on Instagram. My Instagram is um, at nourish underscore to underscore awaken or on Facebook. I'm nourished abroad. And then I also have my website, um, with, which I just got up. Currently, it's dawn-wheeler.mykajabi.com, which is a mouthful. So hopefully you guys can link it. Um, but wow. I'm planning to change my domain to nourish2awaken.com. Um, and right now, I just offer a four-month nutritional therapy coaching package. It's kind of an intensive. So you get one-to-one coaching, We start with an initial assessment that's very in-depth. I analyze your food food and mood journal, an in-depth questionnaire. um, And then I come up with a detailed personalized PDF of recommendations and resources, um, a personalized iHerb um, supplement shopping list. So all the supplements that they would need and the recommendations and meal planning strategy for them. And then we would meet every two weeks um, for six appointments. And those would be 30 minute follow-ups where we would um, just track the progress and troubleshoot any obstacles you're experiencing and then set new goals for the next two weeks. And then finally, at the end of four months, there's a final re-evaluation, which is pretty much the same evaluation that we did initially, um, just doing it all over again and comparing the um, data from the first assessment to the last assessment, and then making new recommendations based off of that. So it's a very in-depth, intensive, one-to-one kind of transformational process um, that I've had a lot of success with with my clients. And if that sounds interesting, to you then you can check out my website where you can get a free 30 minute webinar that where I explain even in more detail this um this coaching package and they can and they can see if that's a good fit for them and they could schedule just a 30 minute consultation to um initiate that process
3: wonderful that sounds amazing and uh... I'm sure a lot of our listeners will be really interested in this. And I think even the pr- the approach that you've taken with this, it's, you know, you can see that, that teaching experience of step-by-step step, breaking it down and kind of building that, that plan. It sounds, it sounds amazing.
4: Thank you so much. And they're also
2: um, doing an upcoming um, Korean tes- TESOL symposium, right? How can our listeners get involved in that?
4: Yeah, I was really excited to be invited to be one of the speakers at the symposium. Um, it's, made for teachers by teachers in South Korea. And my topic will be how to create a nourishing lifestyle without relying on willpower. So again, going into the power of habits versus relying on willpower or just how you're feeling that day. Um, So I'll go into more detail on the four elements of nourishment and how you can create systems that will automatically integrate them into your life. So then um, you can get the benefits of these practices without sort of relying on your mood of the day. Um, There will also be a yoga instructor speaking, a fitness instructor, a time management expert, and a meditation instructor, and it's all free. So- Um really exciting opportunity it's all online i'm actually in oregon right now mm-hmm. um so i'm going to be joining in the middle of the night but <laughs> i think it's totally worth it and i think it'll be worth it to your listeners as well and they can sign up for that with the link that i've provided it um and there's a, just a form they need to fill out to sign up for it
3: mm-hmm. amazing thank you so much for sharing dawn it's free so there's no excuse to not join yeah, okay. so yeah that's great <laughs> So just finally then, um, how can our listeners get in touch with you if they want to get started in improving their own well-being, mental and physical health?
4: Well, if they've liked what they've heard today and they really just want to skip ahead to the good stuff, um, then they can go ahead and apply for my one-to-one coaching. And I have a Google form that they can uh, apply to to skip to the front of the line for an initial consultation. Um, And they'll also get that Free 30 minute webinar all about my four month nutritional therapy coaching package. But otherwise, um, if they just want to learn more about nutrition and what I do, then I highly recommend they visit my website, um, check out that webinar, and um, stay tuned. Maybe get on my mailing list so that I can provide them with um, more resources going forward.
3: Perfect. Thank you so much, Dawn, for your time today. I've really learned a lot, and I'm sure our listeners have too. Thanks for joining us.
4: Thank you. It's been great. Thank you, guys.
2: Thanks again, Don, for sharing some really crucial and important information for us teachers to consider in the future.
3: Yeah, it's really important for us not to burn ourselves out when teaching and to take time to take care of ourselves, both physically and mentally.
2: And as always, we'd love to hear your feedback on today's episode. You can get in touch with us on Instagram at ESL Talk Podcast, or you can send us an email to ESL Talk Podcast at gmail.com.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And also you can join us on Instagram.
2: My Instagram is at Learning with Faye. Faye is F E Y.
3: Or at right, I'm Daniel Teacher.
2: See you all next week for another new episode of ESL Talk. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello
3: Fresh
0: There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit juvederm.com. That's J U V E D E R M.com. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for even more ESL teaching content.